as we, as we think about and reflect and remember the work of the Holy Spirit. So we want to do that, take a few weeks here. We do believe, let me make clear, we do believe the Holy Spirit has and always uh, is and always has been one with the Father and the Son. He was with the Father and the Son in creation. He was with the Father and the Son in the ministry of Jesus. He is with the Father and the Son now and will be with the Father and the Son throughout all eternity. And so we, we affirm the, the original and, and continued ministry of the Holy Spirit. We also believe, though, that at Pentecost, this, this uh, Jewish feast, really, it was celebrated 50 days after the last Sunday of, of Passover, uh, at, this, at this particular uh, Pentecost, following the death and resurrection of Jesus, we believe in the Christian church that the Holy Spirit came and, and was fully revealed in a way that He had not yet been to that point and began to minister among the people of God, the church, in a new and a fresh way and made, made new things, in a sense, possible with, with His revelation. It was, in a sense, the full unveiling, the coming out party, if you were, or as some theologians have referred to it, His inauguration day. It was, it was the start of, of something new and beautiful. His coming would mark a new day for followers of Jesus, a new day for the church, for the church, as I said, it's uh, kind of known as the birthday of the Christian church in many ways. All sorts of special celebrations going on today. The Holy Spirit was the one that Jesus had promised to his disciples. He had promised that this one would come. We'll read that passage in just a few minutes. He was the one that, that through whom Jesus would continue his ministry. And even Jesus said he, he would continue his ministry through the Holy Spirit, but even now in a much more effective and efficient way, because while he'd been limited in his earthly ministry to one spot and one time, now in the presence of the Holy Spirit, he could be everywhere all the time. And so we celebrate the ministry of the Spirit. And today, again, how appropriate we join with the church around the world uh, in, in the global day of prayer and how appropriate we would think about um, celebrating the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so today, particularly, we want to think about Numa, the global spirit, the, 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 the significance and the global impact, really, of, of the Holy Spirit around our, our world today. The Spirit is, is at work truly, and I th hope that we've discovered this to be true. The Spirit is at work in deeply intimate and personal uh, and kind of uh, just unique ways within each of us. And yet we need to affirm that, that the Spirit is, is the power that enables the church to go public. The, the Spirit is the power that sends the church in mission. And so while there's an interior work going on with the Holy Spirit, there is without a doubt a global uh, reach of the Spirit that we need to be sure and remember as we think about the Spirit Today, So, I want to read to us just a passage of Scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 2, that recounts the story of that Pentecost experience, and then just share a few brief thoughts from it, if I can. Let's stand together, and let me read uh, these verses together. You can follow along on the screen. Acts, chapter 2, I'll read through verse 13. At the end, I'll simply say the word of the Lord, and you can say thanks be to God. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven 
and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They had all come in for this Pentecost celebration from all over the land. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. It is true, I will say this right now, that when the Spirit interrupts things, when the Spirit comes in, He does things that the world does not understand or explain. And we, we need to expect that and anticipate that and believe in that, look for that. But when those who aren't looking for that are confronted by the work of the Spirit, they're left grasping, as this last statement makes, alludes to, they're left grasping for explanations and ways to understand. And, and what a great thing to say right from the beginning, that the work of the Spirit transcends our greatest and deepest understanding. How, how important it is to go ahead and dig in a little bit anyway. There, just like with the birth of Jesus, with the birth of the Spirit, um, there were signs at, 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 its, at its birth, with the, with the birth of the church. There were signs. Um, with Jesus, it was angels singing. It was a star in the sky. And with the, the Holy Spirit's coming here at Pentecost, there were, there were three other real significant signs that I just want to allude to briefly. And, and I want to point them out and, and talk about them for just a minute, but really, as opposed to just kind of celebrating the sign for what it was then, I want to think about these signs as being indicators of the kind of person that the Holy Spirit really is, and indicators of not only what his ministry was in the scripture, but what his ministry continues to be in our own lives and in our world today. So there are three primary signs that we saw there as we read this story again, three primary miracles that kind of marked the appearance of the Spirit. There was the, the sudden wind that, that filled the house, right? And so, so it just came, and then there was the, the, what's, what looked like tongues of fire. I don't know what your imagination or what your picture in your mind looks like for that, but tongues of fire that, that separated, and it says seemed to rest on each of the disciples. And, and then the, the, the last sign is just simply this, this amazing uh, ability for the, the, for, the, for the disciples to speak in, in tongues that were unknown to them and for the people from all around the, the known world at that time to be able to hear the wonders of God proclaimed in their own language. And so 
the speaking and the understanding of the wonders of God among people who didn't speak the same language. This is an amazing, amazing sign. I think each of these point to some things about the Spirit that we need to, we need to hold on to for a minute, or, or for a long time. We need to listen to them for a minute this morning and hold on to them uh, throughout our lives. This first idea of, of the wind. It's been windy around here. It's been windier in other parts of the country, right? And, and, but, but we know, I mean, we live right down here uh, by San Marcos High School, and, and I think, as some of you may know, in this city, there's like this wind tunnel that kind of starts right up there somewhere and just kind of comes right through here, and it blows and blows and, and uh, just is, is, seems like for the last couple months anyway, it's just kind of been windy. We had a tree right out here that we had to move over here in a, in a pot because it kept getting blown over, and the basketball hoop often gets blown over, and, and it's very windy. But the wind that is spoken of here in Scripture um, definitely let the disciples know something was going on, right? They were all together in one place, and suddenly it says, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole earth. The King James Version, I like the translation, it says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. It was like this wind came rushing into this place. And I, again, we, we learned some things. There's a sign that this was pointing to, yes, the Spirit is showing up in this place. But I think we learned some things that, about kind of the, who the Spirit is when we talk about a rushing wind. I just believe it, we might say it like this, that the Spirit is eagerly extending to the whole world. The Spirit is wanting to be eagerly extending Himself to the whole world. Rushing, and just as He filled the house that day with this wind, wanting and desiring to fill the whole earth with His presence. And not only just kind of like slowly doing so, but eagerly rushing wind. This, this anticipation, this urgency of the Holy Spirit to, to be present in all aspects, in all the nooks and crannies, in all the contexts and cultures and societies of our, of our world, to be present there. This, uh, this week at our assembly, we, got, we were signed up to stay at a hotel, and the morning we were leaving, um, we got an email and a phone call saying that the hotel we were registered to stay at was overbooked. And so they needed to put us into a different hotel. And uh, we had stayed, I think it was the Double Tree. It's not like the Double Tree here, but it's the Double Tree down there. That was where our reservation was. It was a three-star hotel. And so the guy on Expedia said, all right, we'll get you in another three-star hotel. And he started to look around. He said, there aren't, aren't, are no other three-star hotels available. And so he was kind of scrambling on the phone. He goes, all right, well, we'll just do this. And I said, we'll just do what? And he said, we'll put you in the Langham Resort, which is a five-star resort in South Pasadena. And uh, so we got like a major upgrade for the same price. We only were there for like eight hours at night, so we didn't really get to enjoy it. But, but one thing I noticed is we were walking through the hallways. Um, my wife is very sensitive to floral scents, you know. Some of them really drive her crazy. Um, like lilies, for example. Um, so Easter is always kind of a hard day for her. But, um, but other, she just really knows what they are. And there was this, 
there was this pervasive, just kind of this scent that was throughout the hallways as we walked throughout this, this hotel. And there happened to be a, a person, a worker there in the hallway, and she was kind of commenting on it. So I said, you know, what is that? What is that flower? What is that scent that, that we're smelling? He said, oh, that is a unique Langham creation of several scents that is being pumped through the uh, air uh, circulation. And I was like, wow, man, they are, it's not just flowers in the hallway, but this stuff is being pumped through the, the circulation, through the air conditioning, through the vents coming out at us. And as I was thinking about that, I was just recognized that everywhere we went, there it was, being pumped through the vents to us. And this, I think, is the model of the Holy Spirit, reaching, extending, eagerly, spreading himself out into the world, into our lives and, and before us, into the church, at every corner, every, every um, representation of his church, there the Holy Spirit is. We saw it again at our conference. Um, we heard stories from Bernie of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Caribbean and in Central America, the planning of churches, the conversion of sinners, the, the wonderful growth of the body of Christ in that place. And it was clear and evident to us, as it had been before, but even more abundantly, that the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is reaching. The Holy Spirit is stepping ahead of us and leading, setting the course for us, if you will. Jesus said it like this. He was talking with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And he said these words, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit, as this rushing wind, will not be boxed in, will not be steered or coerced. The Holy Spirit moves where it will, and we with the Spirit. What a promise. What a promise, you guys. Wherever we go, the Spirit's already been there. Where we go in the name of Jesus, the Spirit has already been there. He is filling the world with His presence even now. He's eager to do so. Rushing ahead of us. Filling the world with His presence. Well, the second sign is this, the tongues of fire. That, uh, that separated and came to rest on each of the disciples that were gathered there. And again, this just you know, was a shocking symbol and a shocking sight for those folks there in that room and, and definitely would have awakened them to the fact that something unique, something distinct was happening in this place. This was not anything as my son likes to say from time to time. You don't see that every day, Dad. This was a you don't see that every day kind of moment, uh, definitely for those disciples. But, but what does it point to kind of beyond that? What, what does this say maybe about, about the kind of work that the Holy Spirit is doing both in our lives and then in the world? Well, it's very clear here that this moment seems to be a significant uh, time for the Spirit to, to kind of separate and, and come upon individual people. And the fire, the representative, we have the red candle here today lit as a kind of a symbol of the presence of the Spirit in our lives, but the, but the fire there just signifying this, the, the, the transforming, purifying, uh, energizing, penetrating work of the Spirit in the lives of, of, of God's people and of the church. I just believe that that's kind of what was going in that moment, going on in that moment, that the Holy Spirit was coming fresh upon these disciples, that they were experiencing a new, a new level of transformation, a new level of change, a new level of empowerment, a new level of, of, 
a devotion to God, a new level of living for Him, a new sense of mission and purpose as they were being uh, soon to be sent out in mission for Him. And I just think that this points really to the work of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives, that, that in a very powerful way that the Holy Spirit, as He thinks about where He's going and what all He is up to, wants to come to each of us in a very personal, intimate way and, and, and empower us and strengthen us and, and energize us and motivate us and send us. We might say it like this, that the Holy Spirit is powerfully preparing each individual for his work of mission in the world. One of the, the key jobs of the Holy Spirit, the key roles of the Holy Spirit from then until now and will go on through the end of time to powerfully, not just to kind of sustain us, although he does that at times, but to powerfully prepare us, to equip us, to empower us, to carry on the work that, that he wants us to, to carry on. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, the... The folks who, on Friday night of every district assembly, we have the ordination service. And uh, this, it's been my privilege the last three years to be the district secretary. And so I've told you about this before, but one of my things that I get to do, it's really the highlight. I'm not super great with all the details and other stuff that I have to do. But the great highlight of mine is when I get to escort into the, the service those people who are being ordained, who are being kind of, you know, set apart for, for ordained ministry in the Church of the Nazarene. And I get to lead them in, and the general superintendent stands up here, and I stand down there, and I present them to him, and he then welcomes them. And then later in the service, you got to visit one of these one time, if you haven't been before. Later in the service, they kneel, and the general superintendent walks from person to person, puts both his hands right on their head. doesn't matter if he messes up their hair. It's a great deal and just ordains them in the church of God. It's a powerful, powerful moment. And without a doubt, the, 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 um, the Holy Spirit is present in those moments and has been leading up to in the lives of these ordinance, preparing, powerfully preparing them for the work that he has set them apart for. But I just kind of believe, and we believe in the church of Jesus Christ, not just in the church of the Nazarene, but in the church of Jesus Christ, that in this in this concept called the priesthood of all believers. And so whether you're ordained by the general superintendent with his hands on you or whether you're simply uh, called and sent by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that each of us are to be sent into ministry. And each of us have the opportunity to be powerfully prepared by the Holy Spirit if we will avail ourselves to it. The GS spoke, one of his, the general superintendent, one of his messages was on uh, the the feeding of the 5,000. And he talked about the little boy who brought the five loaves and the two fish, right? And he talked about how, you know, if any of us had, had come and if any of us had had that lunch and we had simply said, well, you know, I'll give you four loaves and one fish, most of us would have said, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. That's great. Go ahead and do that. But, but the general superintendent suggested, no, that, that, that Jesus is inviting us to be five loaf, two fish kind of people. And, and when we do that, when we lay ourselves completely before him, that the Spirit can come in and equip us and transform us and use us in new and transforming ways. Again, not just, now we think of the global aspect of the Spirit, not just so that we can sit around and pat each other on the back, but we can look at each other and think, wow, you are 
you are really powerfully prepared. You know, not to kind of admire how prepared we are, but so that we can be, we can be prepared so that we might be sent out. We might, we might be prepared so we can sent, be sent out, not necessarily to the far corners of the globe, but maybe to our neighborhood, down the street, or to the person in the cube next to us at work, or to the classroom or to the school in our, in our neighborhood, powerfully being sent out. Well, that's the, the second sign. The third one is just, is just this. Well, let me read that passage of Scripture if I can from Acts 1.8. Read this with me, would you? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You, I, I, love, I love that because it doesn't say you, if you want to, you can be my witnesses. Or if it works out for you, then you can be my witnesses. But if you're a follower of mine, Jesus was saying, you will be my witnesses. And the way you'll do that is because the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and set you apart for that task. And, and I don't care if you've been saved for a long time, even if, even if, you know, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before, however that experience might have worked for you. I just believe that there need to be, and I think this passage really speaks to the possibility and the need for fresh infillings of the Holy Spirit. Anybody agree with me? Fresh infillings of the Holy Spirit for new tasks that God might be bringing our way. It's not, it's not necessary or helpful for us to somehow rely or depend on some sense of the Holy Spirit that we had a long time ago. That's not a bad thing necessarily to hold on to that and claim that, but to keep coming back and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me anew. Fill me with a fresh sense of your presence as I step forward in the task that you have in mind for me. Powerfully prepare me and my life. Well, the last sign was this, and it's the one that gets the most discussion perhaps and generates the most controversy even within the church. And it's just this, this simple sign of, of speaking, the disciples speaking in tongues or unknown languages, the glossolalia, this, this unknown language. And Paul refers to speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians as well as a gift of the Spirit. Most scholars believe today that, that we're talking about two different things, that in 1 Corinthians, Paul is speaking about an unknown, a completely unknown type of prayer language. And we can talk more about that in another, another sermon. But in this particular instance, in the book of Acts, what most scholars believe was happening here was that they were speaking in tongues that were unknown to them, but absolutely, as the context shows, not unknown to the people who were hearing them. That as they spoke the wonders of God, the praise and the wonders of God, that the people who were gathered there from every known place on the, in the land at that point, as they gathered, they were able to hear in their own language. And what I just sense from this is that it's the Holy Spirit who is, as he extends himself and as he prepares us powerfully, that it is ultimately the Holy Spirit who is, who is the one responsible for making mission possible. He, he is the one that makes it possible, that makes the, the one being sent be able to proclaim, and the one who is coming be able to listen and to hear. The Holy Spirit making mission possible. And so I, I think we need to just, again, remember the Spirit sent all the disciples 
They could have just stayed in that room and, and talked among themselves, but there was the Holy Spirit that was sending them out so that they could be heard. And, and then I loved how it speaks of in verse 5. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, and when they heard this sound, they came. So there was the Spirit at work also drawing these folks to come and listen. And then that last verse of that portion, anyway, where it talks about we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. That the Spirit of God was not only one enabling the communicating and the hearing, but the understanding of the wonders of God. We, we talk a lot about mission. We talk a lot about strategy. Bernie talked a lot about different things that they're doing, different strategies, different approaches to reaching people. We talked about the Jesus film and, and the ability to use it and, and powerfully use it as people hear the words of Jesus in their own language. But, but we just, amidst all the strategy, amidst all the things that we may even talk about is a local strategy in ministry in our community, how important how vital it is to remember that it is this Holy Spirit who is the one that enables us to go, enables us, if we have anything good to say, it's from Him. And it's the Holy Spirit who is, who is drawing, who is wooing, who is leading people to be in the place where they might be able to even hear a word that we might say to them. It's the Holy Spirit who is giving them ears to hear and respond and, and, and again, I, I talk with people about the Lord, you know, quite regularly, and sometimes, you know, I just, sometimes it just clicks, it just really works, and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm not sure what the Spirit is up to at that point, but when it does, I know it's the Spirit who has helped to make that connection. He's the one who makes mission possible. Spirit will always um, create uh, just spark interest. And so I love that last verse, verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? The Spirit, we can anticipate, will continue to use us as he's doing all these things to raise questions and to generate interest as we serve with him in our mission to the world, in his mission to the world, this global ministry of the Spirit. Well, Jake's going to come and lead us in just this simple closing song, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me. Is that the song you're singing? Yeah. I knew it was one of those. If it wasn't that one, I was hoping he'd sing it. But um, I, I just, all that aside, all my um, communication aside this morning, I would just really um, hate for us to you know, amidst all the things we've talked about, this assembly and, you know, Global Day of Prayer and even Pentecost Sunday, I would just hate for us to, to kind of rush away like the wind, rush away from this service this morning without just pausing and thinking and reflecting deeply and personally about the role and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, you've heard some teaching, and we've sung some songs, we've, we've kind of gotten the, the pieces into place, but, but what is really still yet to happen is our response. And, and very simply, again, maybe it would be some of us who would say, I, I just, I, I need to have a sense here this morning of a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in my life. 
Maybe I've experienced that at some level before, and maybe I never have. I have really not much of a clue as to what you're talking about, Pastor James, but that sounds good to me. And some of you, as we sing this song, I just would invite you to sing it in such a way that you would actually be inviting the Holy Spirit to fall fresh on your life, empowering you, equipping you. Perhaps you have a task, an assignment that you have sensed the Lord has given you. Maybe it's, again, in some, in some relationship, in some um, step of obedience, maybe in some sin that you've just not had the, the strength to cast aside. Whatever the area of your spiritual life might be, it, it, I would just invite you to invite the Spirit to fall fresh and to equip you and to empower you to, to move in the, a step of obedience this morning. Perhaps some of you are just really, again, as I kind of referred to you, struggling with just a, 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 a disobedience in your life. And, and just to invite the Spirit to come in and to refine that, to purify you of that and to set you free from that and to be in complete obedience to the Lord this morning. Others of you, maybe just, just this, just, again, just this sense of, I, I just want to be where you want me to be. And I think sometimes in terms of with the Holy Spirit, um, the general superintendent said this week to the ordinance, he will take liberty with you. He has a tendency to do that with people who are completely submitted to him. And maybe some of us would just want to say this morning as our prayer, Holy Spirit, just take liberty with me. I'm, I'm done holding on to the reins of my life. I'm done uh, directing this, you know, steering this ship. I'm done doing it my way. But I'm not sure exactly what it means to do it your way. And so come and fill me and lead me in the direction that you would have me to. Whatever your response might be, and I've given you some to think about. Maybe it's beyond that. Um, please listen to the Spirit as he speaks to you in these moments and as we respond to him. For what this story tells us, amidst all the other things that I've said, is this, is this clear fact that the Spirit wants to be with his people. Jesus said, I, I'm going away, but I'm sending you a comforter. In fact, put that last scripture up there, would you, that John... 14, is it there somewhere? If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Let's stand, can we? Sing together. Boys, we sing. If you'd like to come.